You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hey guys, this is Russ, and this is the Overlook Podcast. Today, we're going to look into the disappearance of Brenda Marie Jackson. Brenda Marie Jackson is a 38-year-old Hispanic woman missing from Park Forest, Illinois. She's a mother, a daughter, a friend, and a veteran who served in the Iraq War. Family has described her as someone who always gives 100% and a mother who absolutely loved and adored her children. Brenda has been missing since January 3rd, 2016. She was last seen at her home in the 200 block of Arcadia Street in Park Forest, Illinois, at 9 p.m. Now, she actually spoke to her mother on that night around 10.30 p.m. She told her mother she was home alone during this conversation. She was actually due to show up to work at Rich South High School at 5.30 a.m. the next morning. But she never arrived. The phone call with her mother is her last known interaction with anyone. Now, at the time of Brenda's disappearance, she was a mother to six children. Five of her children were in the care of her mother, with the oldest child moving to another state with her first husband. According to her mother, Brenda lost custody of her children due to a domestic violence incident involving her then-current husband, in which she did not press charges. In many states, domestic violence victims are put in very complicated situations in regards to the state. When the victim refuses to press charges against the perpetrator in DV incidents, defects or children's services can come in and remove the children from the home. And while this may seem like a very black and white scenario with an easy answer of, okay, well, press charges, a lot of times it's not. Domestic violence is a very complicated matter. Many times the victims are felt by the system that tells them to press charges then leaves them vulnerable when a perpetrator is out on bond. We also hear many stories of victims of DEV going to court and being told that their case is a matter of he said, she said, or they're giving a restraining order, which should technically make the perpetrator stay away from them. But a lot of times the restraining order does not stop the perpetrator from trying to contact the victim or harass them in one way or another. Then we also have victims who, they got the restraining order. The person violated the restraining order. They go back to court and their perpetrator is simply given a slap on the wrist. It's reasons like this and countless other scenarios that leave many victims scared to press charges. A lot of times victims of DV do not believe the system will help them. And they believe that police involvement will only lead to furthermore intense violence from their abuser. And look, this belief isn't exactly based on some sort of cognitive dissonance. Unfortunately, our criminal justice system has a history in present of failing to properly protect victims of domestic violence. A lot of times, victims do not press charges out of fear of what will happen next. 
Again, let me remind you, victims of domestic violence are at their highest risk of being killed when they are attempting to leave. Things like pressing charges, restraining orders, etc., are all acts that show that the victim wants to be done with the situation. And while it's easy to say, well, just call the cops and be done with them, a lot of times, that's not how it goes. It's a complicated subject matter that we as a society have yet to solve. We have yet to provide a means to guarantee victim safety when they want to leave the person terrorizing them. And with that said, Brenda was very much still connected to her children while they were out of her care. She was following Children's Services Safety Plan to get her children back. And in fact, we find out that after she disappeared, she actually did file for divorce. And many feel she was trying to work out a way to escape her husband, but in a matter that might have been more secretive and that she may have felt was safer. Now, Brenda's mother has spoken out many times about Brenda's love for her children, stating that the family does not believe that she would ever abandon them and that she maintained her supervised visits and maintained communications with her children. And she was actively working to get her kids back. And while Brenda's parents had been caring for five out of her six children for a few months by the time Brenda disappeared, just a short time after Brenda disappeared, Children's Services removed Brenda's children from her parents' care. According to an NBC Chicago article titled, Children of Missing Mom Removed from Grandparents' Home, it's reported that the Department of Children and Family Services removed them and placed them in a foster care just a few weeks after her disappearance. Now, this article states that the agency said that their safety plan was violated. They state that the grandparents granted the father, who was named as the perpetrator against the mother in the domestic violence report, a supervised visit, which he was not allowed to have. In a statement, the Department of Children and Family Services said, and I quote, we have concerns about the grandparents' willingness to accept the severity of the dynamics of this case and the impacts this has on their ability to provide a safe home for the children. Therefore, we'll be removing the children to a home that can ensure the safety and well-being of the children long-term. Now, in that very same article, the grandparents expressed great sadness and confusion. They are quoted talking about the love and the support they were able to provide their grandchildren while still being able to keep all of them together. It's implied that the children were separated into different homes. Brenda's father, Joel Gonzalez, is quoted as saying, We take care of these kids. We send them to school. The little girl goes to school. She's a student of the month. She's doing well. The other kids are happy. Now they want to separate them, put them with totally different strangers. Now, Brenda's mother has been particularly vocal with the media over the years. We find out that Brenda and her husband had been married for about two and a half years at the time of her disappearance. It appears that at one point they may have been trying to work things out, as some articles have referenced. But as time passed, articles began to include information about Brenda actually filing for a divorce before she disappeared. In fact, it was Helm and Brenda's mother that reported her missing together. But here's the thing. As time goes on, we find out that the husband fully stopped cooperating with investigators. Oddly enough, we don't really find out a lot of information about Brenda's husband. Articles and videos don't really give much information about him, about his background, or what he has or has not done. In a CBS News article, it is briefly mentioned that when Brenda first disappeared and family could not locate her and was asking him, hey, have you heard from Brenda? 
that he initially asked the family not to speak to the police, at least until they met with him first. But no other details are given. We know that he did meet up with the family because he and Brenda's mother went to file her missing persons report down at the police station together. However, we don't really know what conversation took place before they did that. Now, that piece of information kind of explains why there was a two-day wait between the time that people realized that they had not heard from Brenda and the time that authorities were alerted. For me personally, this made me wonder if when they allowed the husband to come over to talk before first alerting the authorities was the incident that sparked defects removal of the children from the grandparents' home in the first place. We know that the effects has released a statement claiming that the father was able to see the children. It was in the presence of the grandparents, but that was not allowed. And that's why they removed them from the home. But the grandparents themselves have never actually spoken on the exact reason why the father was allowed to see the children. But it's reported that the husband first came to Brenda's parents before filing the police report. And Brenda's mother and the husband filed the report together. It makes me wonder if that was what that whole thing was about. Was it a supervised visit in regards to him sitting with his kids, playing with his kids? Or was it that he came to the home where the children live to speak to the grandmother and not necessarily that he was there giving free range to the kids? However, we don't know. The family has never talked about this in public. But here's an interesting tidbit. In an unsolved mysteries thread on an anonymous forum site, there was a thread about this case, and a user posted information saying that the mother has spoken on the incident and said that she and her husband were kind of giving the husband the side eye when he said that he wanted to come talk to them first, but they figured their best bet was to keep them close, kind of like a keep your friends close but your enemies closer kind of deal. However, this is not verified information that should be taken as fact. In this form, the author of that comment did provide a source for where they got the information from, which was from the AmericanCrimeJournal.com. And I did read the article, and in the article, it does state that this was the case. However, they say they got this information from an email from someone claiming to be close to the family. So this isn't exactly something that is confirmed. The exact quote from this article goes, Last week, I was told via email by a friend of the family, the only reason why Maria and Joel allowed Antonio to come over and see his kids was that they believe he had something to do with Brenda's disappearance, and they thought by keeping him close, they would get clues to what he did to her. Again, that has not been confirmed. However, if this was the case, it's quite unfortunate because they're interacting with him, whether it was during this incident or another, was the reason these children were removed from the only other family they had while trying to process the fact that they didn't know where their mother was. Now, while the police actively worked with the family, they were stumped for clues. And about six months after Brenda's disappearance, they still maintained it was a missing person case, and there was no clues that suggested homicide. Chief Green is quoted by the Chicago Tribune as saying, we have no information to lead us to believe that it's a homicide. Those derisive thoughts loom in your head, but hopefully she will be found. There are many cases where people were found years later and eventually come home. However, by that time, the family was doubtful and they suspected foul play. When people were able to get into Brenda's home, they found her shoes, her coat, her purse, along with her credit cards. It was wintertime in Chicago. She didn't take her coat. 
Family just did not have the same type of hope that police had of finding Brenda alive. WBB Radio reported that there were no official suspects in this case. Though there was allegations of a history of domestic violence and the husband was not cooperating with the police. And then we also have that we find out Brenda filed for divorce. And though we have all those facts present, the problem is there is no evidence. There is no direct evidence pointing to anything. There's no evidence that points to anything violent happening in that home. There's no evidence pointing to any particular person. There's not even evidence supporting a runaway. There is simply nothing. Now, Brenda's mother has stated over the years that she does not believe her daughter is still alive, but she's still fighting for answers. She has made it clear that at this point, she just wants closure. She told the Chicago Tribune, you don't leave home in the middle of winter with no coat, no shoes, and no ID. She has made it clear over the years that Though she does not believe her baby girl is still here, she still wants her answers. She wants her closure. Now, Brenda's story did get a little bit of media coverage, but it hasn't helped any efforts in her case thus far. On January 14, 2016, People.com wrote an article covering her disappearance. It was short, but they put the information out there. And they weren't the only source non-local that covered this story. The Daily Mail also followed up on this case shortly after she disappeared. And in September of 2021, ABC 7 Chicago followed back up on the case. In the article, Brenda's mother stressed the lack of publicity and communication in her daughter's disappearance over the years, saying that she hadn't received updates in a while regarding what was going on in her daughter's case. She had no idea what the police were or weren't doing or if there was any movement at all. Now, ABC7, they were able to get in touch with the Park Forest Police, who did confirm that the case was still open, they were still working on it, and it was still of high importance. And they even gave ABC7 an update. They were consulting with the FBI in efforts to find Brenda. Now, in this case, there's been a couple of things that have been said that kind of just leaves us with more questions than answers. As I stated earlier, it appears that the home was left undisturbed. There is no implication that suggests any type of struggle in Brenda's home. Like I've said, things like her purse and her coat were left behind. And this has left a lot of people wondering, maybe she ran outside to briefly talk to somebody. If Brenda did not disappear on her own, this would explain why she left her things like her purse and her coat behind. She might have thought she was just running outside to pick up something or briefly say something to someone and coming right back in. But that didn't happen. Now, one of the things that I noticed in this case, like with many cases, details change a bit from article to article to video to video to blog to blog. And again, it's somewhat common, but it makes it very confusing for someone trying to get information on the case. And sometimes these little detail changes are minor and doesn't really interrupt the story. But other times it completely changes the whole scenario of the case. In Brenda's case, I want to look at her NamUs profile. Now, NamUs is a national missing and unidentified person system used for missing and unclaimed person cases in the U.S. It's a big official source for a lot of experts in the field. And when I went on Brenda's profile, 
I saw a really big detail that wasn't mentioned in the articles or blogs that I read or videos that cover this. One thing on that profile that was very different was that it stated that Brenda was last seen at home with her husband. Now, this is big because other sources reported that she was home alone. In fact, most sources report her last known contact as being on the phone with her mom that night. And it was somehow mentioned that conversation that she was alone. This is a very big difference. And again, the name is profiles. This is the profile used by experts. And it actually tells you who submits the information. So when I was going around her profile page, I went to see who submitted the information. And it said the information on her page was submitted by law enforcement. Not some random person, not a concerned citizen. Nope, this was submitted by official police personnel. And if Brenda was indeed seen at home with her husband last, then there's a history of domestic violence. In fact, a history that caused the removal of her children in which children's services prohibited him from seeing them due to his history of violence. Well, this definitely makes people want to lean closer towards one theory over another. Though police have never officially named a source, they are probably definitely working on some things. They're probably just working in silence, trying to collect more evidence and put together a big profile. And while I have definitely covered cases where it really seemed like the police just dropped the ball and did not care, I personally don't think this is one of those cases they're doing that with. Unfortunately, in Brenda's disappearance, there just wasn't enough evidence to piece together what exactly happened, what exactly took place. I do think the Park Forest Police They are definitely working on this. They're definitely getting some things together in conjunction with the FBI. So let's go to the theories. There are three consistent theories when it comes to the disappearance of Brenda Jackson. Now, the first theory, as I'm sure you guys have all guessed, is that her husband has something to do with her disappearance. I almost feel like I don't even have to really go over why this is one of the theories. We have a disappearance. We have a history of domestic violence. We have her filing for divorce. And we have at least one source saying that she was actually last seen at home with him. And then not to mention when family was reaching out to him to figure out if he's seen the Brenda what happened. He told them not to call the police until he came and talked to them. Now, we don't know exactly what was said. We don't know what conversation took place, but it appears he did go talk to her family first and then went down to the police station with her mother to file a report. Now, many people speculate that, yeah, he probably wanted to have that conversation so he can control the narrative. A lot of times abusers are really good at manipulating the narrative of what exactly is happening in their relationship, of painting a certain picture and trying to control what others see about the victim in their relationship. Control is a huge part of domestic violence. And him telling her parents to wait until they talk to him before going to the police really fits into that narrative of trying to have some type of control over the situation. And then again, after the missing persons report is filed, we don't really hear anything about the husband. I can't find a single article where he has spoken out, where he has asked for help. There's no mention if he showed up to any of the searches, but we know her family has, her friends have. 
And we have the fact that police have said he was not cooperative after filing the missing persons report. And this leaves a lot of people side-eyeing him and going, eh, there's definitely something there. The second theory that you'll hear is that maybe Brenda feared never getting her children back and started a new life somewhere else. And this theory, people bring up the fact that, look, this was a person who was a mom who lost her kids. She hadn't had her kids for a few months at this point. If her husband was indeed in her home, as reported on the NamUs profile, people wonder if she couldn't leave him alone. And because she couldn't leave him alone, she didn't think she was going to actually be able to get her kids back. And so she just decided to start over. In this theory, people point out that Brenda was still young. She was only about 31 years old when she disappeared. And many wonder if motherhood was just too much, marriage was too much, and this was her opportunity to get back out there and start her life over. The third theory that you hear is that some wonder if Brenda committed suicide. In this particular theory, what I found commoners spoken on is that Brenda was a veteran. She was a veteran who served in Iraq. And many wonder if she suffered from PTSD. PTSD from not only being a vet, but being a vet and then coming back and being in an abusive relationship where violence and danger was present. And the stress and the toll that has taken on her with the addition of losing her kids. And while I personally had not come across a single thing that mentioned anything about her mental health, this is a theory that I came across more than once on different forums around the web. However, all those are simply theories because again, we don't have any evidence of anything. But we believe that somebody out there in the community knows something. Someone saw something. Either way, the information is needed. And we're asking the community to please reach out to the Park Forest Police Department if you have any tips or information about the disappearance of Brenda Marie Jackson. Currently, there's a $3,000 reward being offered for any information. You can call the Park Forest Police Department Investigation Division at 708 748-1309. And as always, I will have this information up on my Instagram at the overlook underscore podcast. As always, guys, thank you for listening. Please be sure to come by the Instagram and take a look at Brenda's pictures. See if you recognize her face. Even if you don't, you can share her story and we may be able to get her picture or her information across somebody who does have information. Now, as always, guys, I'll have a new episode for you next Sunday. Be safe, be vigilant, and you'll hear my voice again next week. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.